Hey, good morning, Arbor. Did anyone see me fall on my way up here? Yeah, that was, that was not my first fall of the day, I'm telling you. Pulling it together on daylight savings time. Anyhow, I'm happy to be here sharing from God's Word with you in this James series. It's been such a fun ride so far, exploring what James has to say for us. And honestly, when I saw my name appear on the speaking calendar, I was super flattered because I was like, oh my gosh, Pastor Ryan put me on the week to to speak about wisdom. Like, that's such an honor. I'm sure he felt like I was the most wise of all. And this is why he picked me. And then I started doing my research, and, you know, I spent a lot of time in Proverbs because that's a wisdom book. And I was like, oh, I came across a verse that I was like, ah, I don't think I'm on here because I'm wise. Uh, It says in Proverbs 16 that gray hair is a glorious crown worn by those who have lived right. And I was like, well, there you go. I'm the grayest one on the staff. But by the looks of things, though, Pastor Ryan's not far behind me. I... I am picturing him having the Obama effect or like how the presidents who spend a couple years in in office invariably get their own glorious crown. So anyhow, Ryan, at some point you'll be able to speak on wisdom too. But for today, today you have me. And I'm going to start with a story from my foolish youth just to relate to the subject of wisdom and a time that I desperately needed it in my foolish youth of last month. So uh, picture this. I go on a vacation with my husband and friends. We go to the UK. I am not a planner when it comes to trips. I feel like every couple, there's somebody who likes to plan and someone who just shows up. I'm the shower-upper. So one morning, we find ourselves at a place called Leeds Castle in Canterbury, and or near Canterbury. And I knew nothing about Leeds Castle, didn't know a thing, just showed up. John and the friends go in to get a cup of coffee. They start talking to a person from Texas, and I'm like, I am so not here to talk to people from Texas. (laughs) I am going to go explore. So I tell John, I'm like, hey, I'll meet you back here in like an hour. When the castle opens, I will be back, but I'm going to go explore the grounds and find out what I can about this place. I know nothing. I go through medicinal gardens. I go through a falconry launching place or something where birds come. Uh, An aviary thing. And then I see what looks to be like a gardenish thing, kind of walled off. There's a big sign there. I have a picture of it. And it is it is a maze. Look how high look how high the hedge is there. Okay? It is like three feet taller than me. But I'm like, oh, fun, 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 amaze. I go running in there. I didn't have time to read the sign because I'm like, how hard is it to like get the concept of amaze, right? This is not like brain surgery. So I go running in, I go left, a couple of rights, I go running straight, and then I stop and I go a couple more lefts, and it's not as easy as I thought. I actually don't know where the end point is. Am I like... What am I heading for? I have no clue. So I take a couple more lefts and another right, and I see a brown branch that I recognize because, like, part of the hedge had snapped and it had browned. So I was like, 
because I recognize it, I know I've been here already, and I was like, I think I'm going in circles. <laughs> I think I'm lost. So I'm like, okay, you're gonna be fine, Allison, just keep going, lefts and rights, lefts and rights, and the brown branch again. And I am like, okay, um, trying not to have a full-blown panic attack <laughs> in the middle of some sort of maze that I have no idea where the end point is or the, even the beginning. And I, I deep breath, I open up my GPS, Really smart, right? GPS doesn't know that I'm like in a basic garden and it's not guiding me through these pathways at all. So I close the GPS. What I should have done was this. I should have pulled up a bird's eye view of the maze and coached myself through it. That's what I was in. There's the Leeds Castle maze. Uh, what I should have done was open that and then sort of figure out like where I was in it all but I didn't have the presence of mind because I was fighting back a full-blown panic attack. So anyhow, fast forward. I stop, I take breath, and I actually pray, God, like why was I asked to speak on wisdom? <laughs> and also, <laughs> could you give me some right now? Like I need a way out. I need a way out. The reason I share this maze story with you is because a lot of us find ourselves in mazes in life unexpectedly, and we're craving wisdom. We need actually to hear the voice of God now <laughs> to help us through our maze, and we need to make sure that the wisdom that we seek is right wisdom, godly wisdom, not counterfeit wisdom. So our book of James, our passage that we're in today is James chapter 3, and it goes 13 through 18, if you're going to follow along in your Bibles. In this passage, he follows up on some of his counsel. He's already given us counsel about faith and works, um, taming your tongue, trials, and favoritism. But today he's going to talk about how to discern between like godly good truth, true wisdom, and something that is counterfeit or foolish. You can listen to this message in two ways. So pick, pick your adventure, choose your adventure here. You can either listen to it through the lens of like discerning for yourself, like is the way that I'm living my life, the way the decisions that I make, the counsel I give to other people, would that be considered wise? Or you can listen to it a second way. You can listen to it through a filter of, how about the influences that I, I put in my life? Are those filter, like, are those people wise? Are those resources wise, or are they counterfeit? So you can either figure it out that way as we go through here. Is your favorite TikToker who gives you parenting advice, are they wise? Are the media sources that you pick, are they wise? How about the person who is in your ear the most talking to you about relationships? Is that person wise? So as James's style, he's super black and white. He leaves no like room for misinterpretation here. And he's going to start right out of the gate by talking about, uh, or he's going to ask a rhetorical question. Verse 13. He says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let's test it, right? Here's the testing ground. 
And as I did my research, I found out that figuring out counterfeit and real wisdom is a lot like discerning currency. Is it counterfeit or real? So I have my beautiful display of currency up here, which we'll explore in a, in a bit. But the very first test to find that something is wise is what James does now. You hold it to the light. You hold it to the light and you evaluate it. Um, according to the Federal Bureau of Engraving and Printing, as you examine something for legitimacy and you hold it to the light, James is going to also say, here's what you're looking for. Verse 13 continues, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life. It's by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. So when we're holding this to the light, we would observe some attributes of godly wisdom. Under the light, we're gonna see observation one, godly wisdom radiates humble goodness. Humble goodness. So he says, let those who call themselves wise show it by their good life, right? Their good life. It's not by their 401k. It's not by their fancy vacations or how their Instagram looks. Like that's not like the good life that he's talking about. He uses a Greek word called, that's kalos. And it means good, but in this way. That it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, good life. And why is it beautiful and good? It's because there's something in it that's morally pure, good, and noble, and praiseworthy. That's how he defines this good life, something that's praiseworthy, beautiful, and it shows through the outside because there's something on the inside that's emanating forth. So this is on brand for James. He's given us lots of verses before about outward expressions of faith, right? He's already talked to us about how our faith would result in works. We're caring for the marginalized, the poor, the widows, the orphans, we're controlling our tongue. And these are fruits of a God-honoring faith. I was a little perplexed, actually, to think of the word humility being associated with this, though. And I don't know if that strikes you the same, but I think when we think of wisdom, we think of material success sometimes. Like, wow, this wise person in leadership, and, and maybe they've got a big bank account. <laughs> And ordinarily, we don't consider humility like associated with that, do we? We sometimes think more of an arrogance or a boastfulness or a, a like overconfidence, if you will, um, by some people who are wealthy. But he's saying that there's humility, humility associated with it. And so I, I dove a little bit deeper in that, wondering how does humility come from wisdom? And again, the book of Proverbs is gonna uh, talk to this point. Wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So fearing the Lord is where wisdom begins. From that draws humility because you're comparing the God of the universe to you, right? You're comparing his grandeur and, and power to, to you. 
There's a little, uh, I'm glad to see so many teenagers in the room. I used to be in youth ministry, and this verse cracks me up a little bit, the one that's coming. Um, In Psalm 103, it talks about a comparison, that comparison between the Lord and man. And it says that, like, the Lord knows us, that we are but dust, and my brother and I, when we, were, when we were young, when we were teenagers, we used to crack up at that, like, butt dust. We are butt dust. But like, and I know that that's rude and, you know, like, sorry for that. But in a way, I felt like that is a comparison of what we are to, to Jesus. You know, like, we are kind of butt dust, you know? Like, it's, it's a comparison thing. So anyhow... Forgive me for that. I, there, every now and then the youth ministry thing comes but out. But the comparison of the Lord to us but dust. We are humble when it comes to our comparison to him. That is why when we have works that come from our beautiful life, our good life, we're not taking credit for it, are we? We're like saying like, actually God. <laughs> He's the one who deserves all the credit. He is grander. I'm but dust. Um, St. Augustine, when he was asked, he, he was a lot more polite than I am, but he, when he was asked the marks of a godly life, he said these things. If you ask me, what are the ways of God? I will tell you the first is humility, the second is humility, and the third is humility. Not that there are no other precepts to give, but if humility doesn't precede all that we do, our works, are, our efforts are fruitless. Humility, humility, humility. So one and examine counterfeit versus genuine wisdom a little bit more. Like a dollar bill, when it's held to the light, you observe what's woven into its fibers. And I have asked a volunteer to come on up and help me with this part. Um, did you know that, hey Keenan, you can stand there and this is your flashlight and this is mine. So this is black light, okay? So let's turn those on. Okay, did you know, I don't know if this will blind anyone if I do this, but <laughs> tell me if it hurts. Uh, <laughs> did you know that if you are going to examine a bill for counterfeit or genuine, like authentic currency, there is a secret color strip woven into every bill. So I want you to pick a bill here and examine it, like shine the light on it and tell me, do you see any color strip there? What color is that one? Um, Orangish, cool, okay. Examine this one, this is the 20. And you don't have to take the clip off. You can just beam it up. What color is that? Teal. 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 Good word, bank. Okay, I'm looking at the five. There's a blue. Why don't you look at the 50? Is it white or is it yellow? It looks a little yellow from where I am. Oh, I see. A little white. Cool. All right. Thanks, Keenan. Thanks for that. Um, the evidence, yes, give it up for Keenan. The evidence is embedded in here so that you can see if something is genuine or not. And James has a mark that he's looking for as well to determine if something is counterfeit. Um, 
Before I tell you what James has to say, though, I was, I was interested in the fact that the one doesn't have one of these color stripes. I was like, I wonder why. And then I was like, oh, it's because that's like the TikToker advice that people give. It's like, it just, it's not really worth that much if someone tells me how to wear a high ponytail or how to straighten my hair with a blow dryer. It doesn't really, like, I don't need to spend a whole lot of time making sure that something is counterfeit or godly, right? Advice has, has weight and it has value based on its denomination, if you will. And I wouldn't say that a $1 bill deserves too much time of deciding if it's godly or, or counterfeit or not. But here's what James says is the thing that you're looking for. If you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earth and spiritual and demonic. For where you have envy and ambition and disorder in every evil practice, so a trace of selfishness in the fiber of wisdom that you are dealing with renders it counterfeit, okay? Observation number two about currency at, in terms of wisdom. Under the light, we see that it radiates humble goodness and it's unselfish. That is one quality that helps us determine where our wisdom is coming from. So as you make life decisions, are you keeping up with the Joneses and that is driving your decision making? Is envy or discontent shaping your lifestyle? How about our goals? Do those glorify us or do they glorify God? Don't forget the butt dust thing, right? Um, and when you think about the profit that other people make from you by sharing advice, is there profit in there that they are getting based on your response to their wisdom? Um, maybe it's counterfeit if they're receiving a profit. You have heard it said to follow your bliss or do what makes you happy. Dance like nobody's watching. <laughs> Um, the reason that chasing our own bliss leads to disorder is because our bliss kind of changes daily, right? It will change based on what the markets are doing or what our banks are doing. It will change based on what the scale says or how my job outlook is, is faring. Our, our whims and patterns can shift, and if we make decisions and wisdom based off of that, that the effect is going to be disorder for our families, our workplaces, and our community. James is cautioning us to use wisdom to settle on something more unchanging, something steadier. I found something else, just one more thing about currency that I found interesting, and you guys can come up with um, afterwards and use my little black light to like examine your own bills um, and then put it in the offering. Uh, <laughs> but did you know that when you examine your bill under the light, you're going to see the color stripe, right? And you're going to see someone's face on it. So this is a five. So there's Lincoln there. But if you put it with the black light, Lincoln's mirror image is going to show up somewhere else on this. It's like a little floating portrait. When you shine wisdom under the light, 
you will see God's image reflecting back to you and you will know that it's authentic. This is how God's wisdom reveals, or godly wisdom reveals God's character. When you examine it under the light, James says, the wisdom that comes from heaven is first pure. It's devoid of selfishness or evil. It brings people together rather than tear them apart. God's wisdom is considerate. Other versions say it's gentle. Which means when I'm considerate, I'm not merely looking out for my own interests, but I'm looking out for the interests of others, as Philippians says. This wisdom is also reasonable. I like this one. I liked drilling down on this, how a wise person is reasonable. They say that a reasonable person enters the boardroom or the meeting room knowing his mind, knowing their mind. A reasonable person knows their mind, but an unreasonable person walks into those spaces with their minds made up already. They can't be reasoned with. There's no conversation. You shut down other people and don't want to hear their points of view. You don't want to consider anybody else other than yourself. That would be unreasonable. Godly wisdom is, let's see, where are we at? Pure, peace-loving, considerate, reasonable, it's also full of mercy and good fruit. There should be a track record of the Holy Spirit's work in someone's life if you're going to consider them wise. And lastly, this wisdom is part impartial and sincere, meaning it's not hypocritical. It's not carrying prejudice. It's fair and it's just. So put together the wisdom that you're trying to discern in your own life, if it, am I on the right track to being full of good wisdom? Is the person that I'm seeking counsel from, are they wise in a heavenly, godly, divine kind of way? You would be able to examine it under the light and see the image of God coming out from that. It's pure, peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruit impartial and sincere. I would encourage you to memorize that. Um, as I did once upon a time when I was a, a little youth making jokes about butt dust. But when I was having that scripture memorized, I was able to evaluate points of wisdom in my life through that rubric. Super helpful. I just I opened this discussion today on wisdom, talking about a maze that I was lost in. It got to the point where I wanted to get out of that maze, not necessarily by reaching the end point and doing it right. I just wanted out of there, actually. Um, in a dream world, I would finish the maze in the way that it was intended to go. But sometimes in life, the mazes we find ourselves in, we just want an, an exit solution, right? Maybe you can relate in some way to a maze that you're in. Could be a maze caused by the sudden implosion of your marriage. You feel suddenly single and you feel betrayed and lost. The maze you're in could be the result of your child disclosing abuse. You feel anger and shock, but you also need to be the adult in the room right? 
your maze could be that your company just announced emergency layoffs. And it feels like the secure foundation that you had was just ripped out right from under you. Maybe this month you find you're in a maze because it seems like out of nowhere you see your kid with a bottle of pills in their hand or they're holding a rainbow flag or an Oregon Ducks pennant. <laughs> Maybe you're in this maze because you just picked up the phone and it was your parent and they said that their their regular exam with their doctor revealed a stage four cancer. And you have less than a year to, to fight for a life, celebrate a life, and close out a life. In the course of time, by the time you have this much gray hair, <laughs> you will be found unexpectedly in mazes of all kinds, and you are desperate for wisdom desperate. Your first reaction might be like to go on WebMD or Wikipedia and try and find out like a quick solution because you're up in the middle of the night and WebMD always seems to be there for us, doesn't it? <laughs> or you reach out to a friend who's been down this path before and you're like, oh my gosh, surely they will have the answer I need. You stumble through the maze path you keep finding a brown branch, strangely, and you realize, I think I'm doing circles. I'm not coming out of this. I keep repeating myself here. And there are tears filled in your zombie-like eyes. If you find yourself in a situation like this, fighting a panic attack <laughs> because you're in a maze that you're lost in and you feel like you hit the path on your knees, and you say, God, I actually really need your help now. I need, I need your voice now. I need to hear from you. If you are finding yourself in that position, you actually have done the very next right thing, which is to ask for wisdom. James said, he started us out in his letter with James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives generously to all, and without finding fault, it will be given to you. Ask him. And after you ask, I want you to do this. I want you to read the letter that he sent you. Read the letter that he sent you. The answer to your questions, the GPS of trying to find your way out of that hedge maze, could be in here, right? Pray about him revealing his truth to you and your, his wisdom to you through this. There's another verse in, in Psalms, it's in 119. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How awesome is that as we consider this maze that we're trying to go through and we just need that help figuring out which turn to make, right? Read the letter he sent you. Ask, read. Maybe this is the hardest step for me, at least personally, is listen to wise counsel. And I'll tell you why this is hard for me. It sounds really like I'm arrogant if I'm not listening to wise counsel, but I'll tell you why this is, is difficult. 
But Proverbs 13 says that wise women and men listen to each other's counsel. We need each other. We need each other. Don't forget, pick wise counsel, though. <laughs> like as, as people are in the room, like, pick wise. We've talked about using the light to discern. Is there any profit from somebody else giving you a certain kind of wisdom? Are they real, godly? Like, do you see God's image in them as you're talking? Like, does it remind you of Christ or, like, not? Um, but here's why this is hard for me. The, the, this step is hard for me because sometimes you find yourself in a maze that's confidential for this time. You and your family might be in a maze that you don't feel like you can talk about yet in public. And you can't just kind of go freely, willy-nilly sharing with all the men and women here who probably would love you and support you and walk through it with you. But for this time being, some emergency mazes are confidential for the time. Here's what I do. I trust my husband to hold this with me. I trust my family. I trust my counselor. <laughs> I trust my pastor. They are supportive, confidential soundboards for you for that step in time until you're able to have trust or permission or more time to pass before you can share in the larger community. Ask, read, and listen. In time, you'll see what I saw. After way too much time in the Leeds Castle Maze, I received a sign. <laughs> I'm not kidding, I was like, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, Jesus is real. Um, yes, there was a sign and it pointed me out and I'm here to talk to you about it today. I'm a survivor, man. Um, so yes, so in time, ask, ask God for wisdom. Read the letter he sent you. Listen to wise counsel. Um, this is cute. This is James. This is the way he's going to close us out of this passage. I just adore him sometimes. But he basically is going to close us out with as much of a soft bedside manner as he can. And he's super awkward. This is what he says in verse 13. He said, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. I was like, can you say it a different way, please? <laughs> like, what are you saying here? So I went over to Eugene Peterson. I was like, hey, could you like maybe like help me out here with this? And this is how Eugene's uh, paraphrase goes. You can develop a healthy, robust community that lives right with God and enjoy its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with each other, treating each other with dignity and honor. A life of peace is promised to us, a life of peace with God, others, and ourselves. That's the promise we have when we pursue genuine godly wisdom instead of its counterfeit. Let's close in prayer. God, there are people in this room today who are relating very much to uh, amazed and being stuck and lost in it. Lord, I pray that you would give them the wisdom that they are so hungry and looking for. Lord, I just pray that we would 
be convicted of the need to examine the influences in our life and not just take every bit of counsel that comes our way, but we would be looking for your image in it. We would be looking for your genuine, godly wisdom as we navigate our life for your glory and our good. In your name we pray. Amen. 